it's your girl Grace Oben. Welcome to Magnetize. Are you a dream builder? We are here to help you embark on your life-changing journey. Remember, whatever your mind can conceive, you have the power to achieve. Are you ready to make your dream a reality? Let's do it! Welcome to Magnetize Podcast. It's your girl, Grace Oben. Oh my gosh, today we have an amazing guest, Ekene Balogun. So Ekene Balogun has a, a BMA in counseling psychology and has worked with children, youth, individuals, and families for over 25 years. Ekene started her career working with high-risk vulnerable youths, young mothers, and victims of sexual, physical, and emotional abuse in London, UK. Ekene has a wealth of experience working with individuals that have experienced trauma, depression, grief, self-harm, anxiety, stress, bullying, and anger. Ekene graduated in 2004 with BSc in social work or social science and criminology. After graduating, Ekene worked with the Metropolitan Police in London, UK, then went on to work with the biggest charity in London, NSPCC, to protect children from child abuse. After migrating to Canada in 2012, Ekene went on to, to complete a master's in counseling psychology and endeavors to find the unique blend that is best for her clients. There is a famous quote that says, life is 10% of what happens to you and 90% is how we react to it. So true. Ekene believes we gain important pieces of wisdom through experience and Ekene's goal is to reconnect individuals with the hope that change can happen, barriers can be broken, and that the quality of a person's life can be uh, uh, maximized. Help me welcome Ekene Balogun, the beautiful Ekene. Thank you so much, Ekene, for being here. It is an honor. It's a privilege. Thank you for being you, for showing up. You look amazing, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. How are you doing today? I'm, I'm actually good. Kind of, like I said, nervous a little because um, this is um, the first time doing something like this. But I, I, I see how powerful it can be. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this conversation. Amazing. Thank you so much. We are honored to have you here today as our guest at Magnetized Podcast. So uh, we'll dive right into having this discussion. You know, so we, we, we are talking about. You are yet to share a story, a crisis, a time that you went through that you believe changed you and made you the woman, the person that you are today. So can you briefly describe the major crisis or awakening experience you went through? Yeah, um, you, you know, I think this was one of the biggest ones for me because 
it literally changed the trajectory of, of the path I was on. Um, when I moved to Canada in 2012, um, I guess to rewind, the reason why I moved to Canada is when I had my children. My son was my last one I had. And I didn't want to, because of the field I was in, I, I I saw what was happening in London. And I didn't want my children to grow up in that environment. And so when I applied to come to Canada, I came on a work permit. Um, I got a job in Calgary um, working with youth, young offenders. And I, and I came across with my family. And so everything was new to us. We've never moved. My whole family is still in London. So we were the only ones, me, my husband and my children. And at the time, it was very difficult. As an immigrant coming in, even though we made the plans to come, this, the changes were so different and we had to learn how to survive in Canada with no family or no support. And so at the time, my eldest daughter, um, um, she she didn't want to move to Canada. She actually wanted to stay with the whole family and everybody. And, and at that time, now I look back, um, I wish I involved her more in the process, but in that time, it was more about, no, we need to move and, and I want to be here. And so we came to Canada in October, 2012. When we first came, I came first with my son and then my husband and the rest of them joined. And um, over time, I wouldn't even say a month or two in, my eldest daughter started acting up. Um, you know, she started hanging around and mind you, we moved into an area that we didn't <laughs> weren't the best area here in Calgary um and so you know she started hanging around with people and and they were giving her ill advice and then we started seeing the behaviors change and so at that time then my mom joined me in December 2012 to help us settle so that me and my husband can work in and then my youngest at the time my son who you know now he was only one and a half years. So he was really a baby. And then the rest, and my eldest daughter was 13 at the time. And so um, when my mum came here and, and obviously my eldest daughter was sort of misbehaving and me and my husband were focusing on work, you know, there was a lot of contention. You know, my mum was very traditional and, and you know, and, and certain things she wouldn't expect to happen. And so come January, there was one time my daughter, um, she hung out late with her friends and when she came back, my mum was the one at home we were working and they got into a, a really big argument, blow up where it, it became physical um, with with discipline on my mum's end, that is. And so um, then and then when we came back, it we felt it was sorted, we sorted it out and everything. But the next day when my daughter went to school, you know, her friends advised her to tell the teacher of what happened. And so as she did, um, all hell broke loose. And so when the teacher, um, I, I didn't get a call from the teacher. What I got was a call from social services here that I must come home from work because they're at my house. And so when I went home, I've never, ever, ever in my life dealt with social services in the UK here. Mind you, we came in October. This is January now, 2013. October, November, December. We've only been in Canada three months. <laughs> We didn't know the systems, we didn't know nothing. And so when they came, and I'm glad the laws have changed now due to a lot of lobbying, but when we first came, the laws for social services were very different here. Um, and so when they came, to, they interviewed us. And, and obviously at that time, my mom was on a, um, a visitor's permit. And so I didn't want to ruin that in any way. And so I, I took the blame 
for what happened. And I just said, this is what happened, but this don't usually happen. And they were like, okay, what we're going to do is just going to make a, um, we're just going to go out there and chat and come back. My husband was called, we were all called home. They took about an hour and we were just talking and blah, blah, blah. Next minute they knocked on our door. They had police with them and everybody. And they said, they're going to take my children. And I was just like, what? You know, the shock horror of the whole thing that they're going to take my children. And so we were arguing and obviously there was only so much you can do with your children um, because they felt like if we'd, if we'd had that contention with one, then we can do it to all. Mind you, I'm a parent that if you know me, I'm a very calm person. None of my children I've ever laid a hand on, even in their growing up. So for me, it was just like, but I knew that I, I, I needed my mom around with me too. And so, um, so then that day was the worst day of our life because first of all, my eldest daughter didn't realize the impact it would have. She felt that they'll come and give us a slap on the wrists. She didn't realize that the whole children will be removed. And so that day, I, um, that day there was a lot of crying. There's a lot of, I never forget my third daughter. I'm so sorry to cry. It was, it's very, um, my third daughter was fighting the police officer. Like I've never seen, and she was three and a half at the time. And um, my my world just changed. They said TGO, I've never heard of TGO. That's temporary guardian order, a guardianship order. And they said, because of that, they need to take all the children. So that night, that day I was in shock. That was the worst day of my life because I've never been in a place where I didn't have any control. I'm watching my children scream and toss and there was nothing I could do about it. And it, I didn't know this country I was in. I had no clue how to navigate any system. My goal was to come here, work and settle. And so when that happened, it threw my, my goals up in the air because I didn't know what to do next. And so in that moment, one thing I love about this journey in Canada is it told me it taught me to totally rely on God. You know, when I came from London, I was the type of person that I got whatever I want. I had my mortgage in London, UK. I was driving whatever car I wanted. So when I came to Canada, I had the same mindset that oh, I'll just get whatever. I got a job easily in Calgary. You know, it was it wasn't a hard thing. But this that day was the worst but the best day of my life because it taught me that I had no one. He stripped me of everyone, family, everyone, to rely on but himself. And so throughout that journey, listen, my children, I tell you the whole story is, is God's grace. My children that were taken for me, um, they, was, they were going for a TGO, they call it at that time. For six weeks, we battled because they wanted me to cave into whatever they said happened. And we wouldn't, we wouldn't, we kept fighting it. We kept fighting it back and forth, we're going. And and one day um, my dad said to, the, to us, you know, have you contacted the British embassy? Because you're not Canadian. At the time we were just workers, you're British. So contact them. And so when we contacted them, this God sent me an angel called Gwen. This lady fought for our children as if it was her own. She made sure the children were put together, blah, blah, blah. She went back and forth. There were, we know how long we fought for um, 
supervision order where we can go and supervise or, or no, not supervision order where the kids can come to our house for the weekend. They denied it, denied it. So back and forth, every worker they had come in, even the family workers that we had to do triple P training, all sorts of training, even the workers that met us said, wow, what we see on paper versus who we meet in front of us is totally different person. And so everyone was always shocked. I, I don't even have a clue what they wrote about, but everyone was shocked at who they met. And so this Gwen, there was one day, we we it was like, the weekend before the court date was on the Monday to make a final decision. And on the Friday, I was coming back on the train and I got a phone call from a social worker. And she said, oh, oh, we want to give your children for you over to you on the weekend. I said, why? Why all of a sudden when we've been begging? Oh, no, you've been doing everything great. We want to give them back, blah, 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 blah. And also just to let you know, when we go court tomorrow, we're saying that we want to hand the children back to you. What? After all this fighting, we were going back and forth. They were disagreeing. I don't know what made them change in a hurry after six weeks of battling. I mean, like, imagine if I had just caved in to what they had wanted, they would have gone for the three-month TGO and on and on and on. Six weeks of battling for then suddenly you change on a Friday night for me to come and pick up the kids on a Saturday and telling me on Monday, this is what we're going to say in the courts. Long story short, we went to court on the Monday. The judge was angry with them because he felt like not even a supervision order you wanted. They said, no, she's great. Blah, blah, blah. She's learned. He dropped the case. And then after that, when I went to phone Gwen to say thank you for all your advocacy and everything, you know, when we called there, the people that answered the phone, the same phone we've been using, didn't know she existed. They said there's no one called Gwen that existed. No, no, we spoke to her. We spoke to her this day, this day, this day. And she called us. Mind you, she never ever emailed us. We noticed it after. It was always a call. And so then they were like, they looked through the whole system. There's no one of this name that worked here. And then it dropped to me that God sent an angel to work on my behalf for these children. But mind you, in that time when my children were taken away, the work, the job I came on a work permit, because of all the commotion that was going on, I lost my job. At that moment, my my husband had an open work permit, but the work he was working wasn't enough to sustain the home. So in that moment, we were just like, what are we going to do? I worked in, listen, there's nowhere that people can tell me they've worked that I haven't worked. Like, I've cleaned probably every toilet in the city. I've worked it with um, day homes. I've worked um, in homes where people just needed help with their kids. This was someone who was on a career path that I've never done this sort of work before, but in this moment, I needed to survive. My family, I've got four kids here. What are we going to do? And even there was a point where my mom said to me, Kenna, should we just go back to London? Like, what is this? And I said, mom, I left everything in London to come here. I'm not giving up now. Throughout my journey, that was even the lady who got us, because at that point, when I lost my job, my stay was, my status was dependent on my work permit. My sister, it was my husband's employer that just took my husband as a son and was able to make him apply through her work because she owned a big business. 
And it was through that, that's how we got our status here in Canada. And then after that, once I got my status and I got my role, I then went back into working. Because when you're on a work permit, you're locked to that employer for two, three years. I can't work for anybody else. And so there was nothing we didn't do. The food bank saw us, saw us many times. So many things happen in that pathway. And I feel like I'm making it really short. But the journey, people remember the journey and how the hardships that we had to go to to sustain ourselves until finally. And after when he got his the status, it, it was we were five years in. So three months after we landed, everything seemed well. For five years, we struggled to get our say. And we did whatever it took. Thankfully, he kept renewing his open permit thanks to his boss. And she knew our situation. And somehow she just loved us. You know how God is. Everything we did, we had to rely on him because he was the only one bringing his helpers in to help us. After I got my permit, I jumped back into work. I jumped back into what I love to do. But it made it a passion spot for me to advocate. Because you know what I realized? Imagine if I didn't fight. Imagine if I was one of those immigrant um, people that come in, that English is not their first language. What if I was afraid of authority, right? Because they can be very, it can be, going to court can be so scary. I've never been in a court system. Imagine, I started imagining all these ones that maybe didn't have the finances to pay for lawyers because my family from the UK were sending funds. I had, I had saved a lot from selling my house. So I could afford lawyers. But each of us had to get a lawyer. My husband, myself, you know, this system is really, the systemic stuff here is just is just different and it needed a lot of advocacy. So when I started working and I was lucky enough to work in a place where immigrant, immigrant serving organization, I started coming across women that were facing the same thing. But because you know, when you walk that shoe, ah, it's a different feel. You want to go all the way for them because you know how painful it is. A lot of them have lost hope already. They're already struggling financially and felt like, you know, they just give in to whatever the social worker said and blah, blah, blah. So I was able to advocate for them in that way. But even through that, I knew that a lot of the families that I worked with had deep traumatic issues. And that was the reason why I felt like, no, if I did some counseling, because what I was doing was a lot of counseling. Let me get the certificate here, because in Canada, you need a certificate in counseling and psychology to be able to help maneuver them through this pain, because it's such a painful time. Even in like, it's how many years later, 2012, 2013, the first month, and we're now in 2024, it still pains me talking about it, because I'll never forget the image, the days of, I was still, those times when I was shaking physically, I couldn't believe it. My daughter, my eldest daughter, when she came down the stairs that day, it took her, they, she was the last one to come out. It took them a good hour to get her out of the home. She covered her face from us and walked out because she didn't realize the impact this would have. But the grace of God, you know, one thing he taught me, because only a few months ago I looked back and I said, wow, everything works together for our good. Because if that didn't happen, I don't know where I'll be. I don't even know if I'll go into counseling because I don't even know if I'll be as passionate as I was towards 
these people that need that support when they've gone through such pain. But I said, if God didn't do it, he had to push me because that's what pushed me to go the direction I did. Because other than that, I wouldn't have. But if I had to go through the pain, I sometimes I wonder, God, why do I have to go through all that? Why don't you just tell me? This is, <laughs> but I don't think, you know, when you haven't experienced something, there's a difference. When you experience something, you know the pains and you know where it pinches. Mm -hmm. And it dysregulated the family for a while. I didn't have trust of anybody, mm -hmm. any systems. It made me see the system for as it was. But then I also knew that God is all faithful. And he just turned my journey around. But in my sister, that was that was the worst time of my life because I never felt, I was never in a place where, I felt such hopelessness and I couldn't do anything. These, your children are your most precious gift. Like anyone will die for their kids. And when you couldn't help them and they're out there with people, you don't know. My son wasn't eating. He was potty trained. He went backwards because of the situation. The children were angry because they didn't know why, why this was happening. And, and they cut off all communication with the children, unless it's on their terms. Like the damage it does to children and families, I don't know if there's not any other intervention that can happen that will sustain them versus break them apart. So then it made me think of all those mm -hmm. indigenous kids or families or a lot of African families. I met a lot of African families that have gone through the same thing. And so, but God used my pain to be able to sort of support other people. So I think that was the worst time, one of the biggest crises in my life that actually changed the trajectory of my path into where I am today. Wow, you know, I was just listening to you and it, it's so touching. And I, as you rightly say, it's been how many years and you, you sharing it, you know, you still, you still very emotional. You still feel the emotion and, that is how how powerful that is or this is you know the the i i like how you 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 touch on how in the in the middle of all of that you were able to find some um uh your passion you were able to find your purpose you know you were able to find um unexpected uh blessing in in all of that you know yeah. and 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 how 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 has it been now that you you uh you know you you're living your purpose i can say you're living your purpose yes. and you you you're doing what you're so passionate about i mean just listening to you you know and yeah you talk how and why you even got into counseling the, the 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 whole reason behind it and the way you talk the the passion i see the passion in you when you when you when you spoke about it so how has it been now that you live in your purpose you find you know that and this is what this is what we learn this is what we 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 learn here um we we talk about in uh, on uh, um, on magnetized podcast. You know how to find a new season, a new purpose, yes. and a new joy in the middle of of a crisis, at at least crisis, and and you 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 found that and you live in that life. Yes. So 
how is it now? How is everything oh, now? My gosh. Grace, I love my job. I, you know, I'm even grateful that I can sit here and say, I love what I do. I love the fact that I can give people hope. I love the fact that I can teach people to fight the good fight. Like, you know, because a lot of people, and that's where my name came from, actually, um, Watered Heart Counseling. It was a name given to me by God, right? Because it's like, I sent you to water the hearts of many, because there's a many, there's many broken hearts, there's many numb, dull hearts, you know, that are hardened hearts through the journeys of what they've been through. And so I'm sending you to give them life. You know, when you water something, a plant, it grows beautifully, right? But when it's not watered, it withers. And he's sending me to water many hearts. And I find it through what the work I do, because I don't see that the issue with where I was before is even though I was impacting lives in different ways, working with offenders and stuff like that, I often, because you see the same thing, it's so easy to become numb to the situation. Oh, another offender, blah, blah, blah. But in this one, I get time to spend with individuals that walk me through the, you know, when you come counseling, it's the most vulnerable a person can be, right? It's the most authentic self you're going to see yeah. in a counseling session. And I and I always find it an honor when people can share their journeys with you and then look to you, you know, sometimes it's not even just for guidance or even any support, but it's just to talk and given that space, because I feel like, I wonder what difference that would have made if I had that space. When I felt like there's someone behind me saying, it's okay, we're going to support you, that that angel, Gwen, whoever that person was, that made such a difference in my life, right? I'm just so glad that I can give it to many other people. Like I said, I've spoken to many women that have gone through the same thing, right? And I've, I've spoken to many families that are broken in different ways, couples, children, that have come so hopeless, Right? And the fact that you know that there's hope, you know that, listen, what brings you here? That shows me there's a little hope in there and I can work with that. Just give me a little piece, I can work with that. And then seeing life transform, oh my. I don't think there's any better high than that. When you see someone that says, you know what? I just pondered on what you said and it made me think. And I, I thought, you know what? Yes, I can do this. Or after a few sessions, I'm catching myself do this. I'm so proud of myself. You know, it just it's just like everything is worth it. I know there's so much pain out there. I tell you, but when you can be that light in those places of darkness, it's so nice when you see other lights switch on, you know, other people switch on suddenly and realize that actually my life is worth fighting for. I can optimize my living. Why am I settling here? You know, they start to question things. And, and I... Like I'm saying, I love my job and I don't think that without my journey, I would be able to be as compassionate and invested if I didn't walk through painful parts of my journey and know how helpful it is when you have support out there and stuff. But no, it's been amazing. Like, I'm so grateful. I was so grateful up to date. There's, I've seen thousands of people like that God's graced me with. Now I've moved into my own private practice, like fully on my own. And it's only God's grace because every time he's bringing people, bringing people, and I have to remember the reason, the purpose behind it is not just another number. These people need to leave watered. And so, you know, and, it, and it's not by my power, might, right? It's his grace, it's his grace alone. And so when I realized that, that this is someone that, this is a human a, a person that the Lord has put in front of me, I have to take it seriously. And so... um. 
I'm just grateful. I'm grateful, honestly, really grateful. And I can see that it's it's all over <laughs> you. The gratefulness is all over you. It's radiating from the inside. So, um, what do you wish you had known or understood before going through what you went through? Do I wish I'd known or understood? that I'm stronger than what I thought I was. Um, I wish I'd known that, that these things, you know, life has its ups and downs. Like I said, that famous quote helped is 10% of what happens, but 90% of how you respond to it, right? And and there was a switch in me in that time that had to, I said to myself, no, I left everything. I didn't come this far to just end it here and go back home because that would have been the comfortable thing to do right no fight let's get the kids go back to london we were comfortable there everyone's there but i chose to fight and it was uncomfortable sometimes and there's no growth in comfort that is one thing i've learned there is absolutely no growth in comfort and so i had to be uncomfortable and god had to ruffle the nest for me to become who i am so with everything, I always say to people, listen, there's no losses in anything, right? There's no win or lose. You win or you learn, right? The only loss I say is when you don't take the learning, because unfortunately, you probably repeat the class, right? But when there's always pockets of wisdom that you can pull out, the learning I use as my stepping stool. So I don't know if I could have learned, known anything better, or, but one thing I wish I knew is that be in the present moment, try and understand. Um your position and 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 fight. You know, I, I nearly gave up and I'm glad I didn't. I'm so glad I didn't. So that's what I would say. So um, what advice would you give to another woman out there listening to us who is in the winter of their life, who is going through a major crisis, a challenge, whatever that might be, um, what advice will you give to that woman? This too shall pass. I always say that every season has an expiry day. And sometimes when you're in the season, it feels like it's never ending. Or sometimes when they say it rains, it pours. It's, sometimes it's true, like you're already down. Like, what else? More, more, more. It feels like it's never ending. Um, one thing I would say is that Number one, you never he never gives you something that's too heavy for you, that you can't carry on your shoulder. That's one thing I've learned that is in you. If you've given me this, this means that I must be strong enough to be able to overcome this. That's one thing I've learned now. So I question everything. God, I don't see my strength right now, but if you say so, right? And so one thing is I always say is fight. Fight that good fight. Resilience is in there. Sometimes it takes a situations to bring out creative side of you or, or the strength that you thought you never had. I I will say to another woman that it's good to talk. Always. You're, no one's an island on their own. We are born to connect with people, right? We, we're not supposed to so never, ever feel like, because sometimes it's shame, right? Like I said, this is the first time I've told my story to the world. And sometimes in certain cultures, the shame and the, the disgrace that may come with it, that may prevent you from even talking. And so even if you can't talk to people within a certain environment, always reach out to find a place where you can talk. And I will say to another woman that you are strong. 
you're bold. Like, even if this encourages you to, to say that, listen, you can pull through anything. You can. You just have to believe and trust. Trust. Listen, my only pillar I told you from the beginning was God. I couldn't because people are subject to change. They may mean it with every will in their, in their heart in that moment. It's subject to change. But as for God, he will never fail you. And so tr trusting and leaning in him, he will surely direct your path because there's nothing I've learned and nothing shocks him. So trust in the process and trust that, listen, this is going to work together for my good. I can't see it right now, but it will do. And I guarantee you nothing that will happen to you won't be for the benefit of you, whether it's to strengthen you, to build a character in you, to, to propel you to run, is always, always for your good. And so take it. One thing, the best thing to do is shift your perspective, how you see it. How do I see it? My behavior is a direct correlation of what I'm looking at. If I look at the troubles, that's all, I, it's going to be all over me. I'm going to feel depressed. I'm going to, but then if I look to, okay, okay. This is going to end, and I'm just going to look at the fact that after this, I'm still going to be glorious. I'm still going to be this. I'm still going to. Encouragement and words of affirmation is powerful. I can. I will. Even if I don't feel it, I will get through today. And when you do, the gratitude is a superpower. I'm grateful, God, I got through today. And so I'll say you can and you will. Awesome. Amazing. Amazing. So, um, Ekene, if someone needs to find you, how can they find you? Oh, definitely. Um, if you go onto my website, www.wateredheartcounseling, with two L's, .com, um, you can reach out. My email is there, my contact number. Please do. If you ever need to talk to anybody, by all means, I'm here. Um, especially for, I've got a close spot for women and families. <laughs> I really have, especially families and, and, and children. And so if, if there's things that people want um, support around, I'm definitely here. And there's a lot of pro bono work I do as well, especially in compassion in areas I'm really passionate about. So if finance is an issue, please don't let it be a barrier to, to connect with me. Amazing. Thank you so much, Akina. Okay, I mean, I, to I told you guys that um, you will hear from the heart. These are the kind of guests I have here or we have here uh, on our show, Magnetized Podcast, people who speak from their heart, people who are ready to touch lives, who are ready to share the deep, deep stories, the really deep story. And you've heard Ekene's story. You've heard how she used that to become the woman, the person that she is today, how she was able to find a new season, new a purpose, new joy, new passion in the middle of her crisis. She didn't give up. She didn't give in. You know, she said, fight, be a fighter, fight the good fight. She said, again, is that there is no growth in comfort. There is no growth in the comfort zone. You know, nobody's an island, you know, and there's always that one person you can talk to. There's always someone you can talk to. So if you are out there, you're listening to us and you are going through some crisis, you are in the, in, in the winter, I call it the winter of life. You are in the winter of your life and you're wondering, what do I do? Who do I talk to? You are not alone. There's always someone to reach out to, to talk to, you know, um, 
I'm Grace Oben, the host of Magnetize Podcast. And there is a free gift for you. And you can go to uh, graceoben.com or graceobenfreegift.com to have your free gift. And it's open with an O. And see you next time on Magnetize. And I hope you had an amazing time. Thank you so much. Now, are you ready to make your dream a reality? Head to freegiftfromgraceoben.com and start your unique journey today. That is freegiftfromgraceoben.com. See you on the other side.